Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews. Excited to be here. I have a really great guest. Just in time for travel season, I think I'm going to get to see Seth Coe coming up here at TPS, so I'm excited about that. But Chris Tyndale, come on in and let's hear a little bit more about you and and just kind of introduce yourself to the audience for me. Sure. Yeah, I'm a regional customer service manager for SEPCO, sealing equipment products company. And I've actually, I've been with SEPCO since 2016. Prior to that, uh, I spent most of my career on the customer side. So uh, in the refining and chemical plants and had a chance to use SEPCO products and such uh, throughout the years. A lot of of different uh, interaction with fluid sealing products. So it was kind of cool whenever I stepped into the manufacturing side to kind of peel the curtain back and see how stuff's made. You know, it's... That's always neat to, uh, you know, SEPCO's uh, a domestic manufacturer has been doing this for uh, a very long time. And uh, they use a lot of really premium uh, fibers, uh, different materials such as the WL Gore uh, GFO. They're an authorized braider for, uh, for Gore's uh, GFO products. And uh, they also have a lot of proprietary stuff around carbons and graphites and uh, they, uh, are really good at uh, specializing in die form rings and gaskets. But uh, SEPCO, you know, when you look at uh, what they do as a whole, uh, they have a full line. I mean, they focus on engineered products, so mechanical seals and, and some really cool things that we're doing in the, uh, with air seals uh, in different industries, uh, especially FDA grade stuff. Um, you know, of course, the traditional stuff, the old school compression packing for pumps and valves and, uh, they've got into bearing isolators and gaskets, performance plastics, just you name it across the board. Uh, they've got their hand in, in the fluid sealing products, uh, even going into uh, thermal and abrasion uh, management products for the aerospace industry. So it's kind of cool. Get to see a lot of different industries with SEPCO. And uh, so the last couple of years uh, going in and, and seeing how they're you know, products are applied not only in the refining industry that I was accustomed to, but in all the other food manufacturing and seeing how, how food's made. That's, that's pretty cool. So it's like living an episode of how stuff's made. So. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really is amazing. Uh, going to the SEPCO facility, cause I'm in Alabama. So it's just down the road for me. Yeah. Uh, that was really cool to see. Um, like you said, how things are made, seeing the braiding in action and, and really, you know, opening my eyes that that's not all that SEPCO does and the maintenance and reliability side uh, yeah. that your products improve and everything. Uh, it really was eye opening of all the different offerings. So thanks for going through that, because I think people, um, you know, need to hear it just like I did. Right. To see yeah. that, that we've expanded from the, whatever it is that we start with. Right. So, um, yeah. So I, I was interested in you, Chris, and just how did you get into this industry? Uh, I saw yeah. you've got lots of certifications and things. So I know that that's part of it. But but how did mm-hmm. you get here? Well, it's uh Going back to the 90s, I got into the industrial market, actually in the project management side of uh, construction and uh, commissioning 
manufacturing equipment for uh, uh, mainly in the plastics industry. So extruders and stuff like that. So I didn't really see a whole lot of pumps. We had blowers and stuff, but spent, uh, spent some time in that, that world uh, before going into turnaround maintenance and uh, you know, the uh, just the high pressure, fast pace of, of that process uh, I, I kind of looked out across the pond and, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. And I said, you know, I had an opportunity to, uh, to work directly for, uh, one of the refineries and I got into operation side of that. So I was actually a customer for the first time after almost 10 years. And, and so, uh, that was a really cool experience. And, uh, I realized, uh, you know, even though I felt like I was a customer in operations, uh, the real customer is the guy that consumes whatever you're making. But I got to see uh, and kind of connect how everything works together, you know, as far as getting whatever product or service to the uh, to the consumer industry and then being able to focus on those types of object objectives. But uh, that was short lived. Um, I spent a few years in operations and uh, was drawn back into maintenance. Uh, this time it was really focused on reliability. So uh, uh, in the early 2000s, the, the real big buzzword was lean manufacturing and, and uh, total productive maintenance. And so uh, we were in the midst of uh, a TPM uh, process. And so having a maintenance background, uh, I got pulled into that uh, arena and uh, was doing uh, training around uh, pumps. That was really when I started diving into pumps more than just setting pumps and alignment and, you know, equipment, you know, uh, structural is really where I had focused prior to that. Now I'm in the middle of rotating equipment and trying to focus on operator uh, maintenance and, and just maintenance in general pr uh, practices, procedures and such. So anytime something rotates, um, you, you know, lubrication is your foundation. And, and, and fluid sealing is, is the next most important, you know, part of that. And so uh, that was almost 20 years ago. And it was the first time I met SEPCO. Uh, I was going through and I was really leaning heavily on manufacturers. So, uh, you know, where we started with autonomous maintenance, the first thing I did is started calling all the manufacturers and saying, guys, uh, how do we get the best results out of whatever product it is, whether it's a lubricant, grease, oil, uh, mechanical seal, packing, uh, you name it, gaskets. And so uh, spent uh, a lot of time with SEPCO. SEPCO came in and it was one of those things. It's funny. I still remember uh, today sitting across the table from uh, one of the guys at SEPCO and he said, you know, uh, we make a lot of good products with a lot of quality materials, but the problem isn't with the products, the problem sitting on the other side of this table. And I thought he was crazy, but he was, he was really uh, pointing out the fact that, you know, the right material is only, you know, maybe a third of the equation. And so how it's installed and how it's operated uh, is just as important, uh, can even be more important. Uh, you know, you yeah. don't get the life out of the product if it's not, uh, handled correctly. And so we had a big hill to climb. It was uh, trying to figure out how to teach all these operators and maintenance folks and get everybody aligned in those efforts to uh, good lubrication practices, good fluid sealing practices. Uh, all of that came into play. And so we partnered with companies uh, like SEPCO. They, they brought to the table more than just a product uh, they did a lot of training for us. And so uh, 
you know, I think there was even uh, on the lubrication side, we teamed up with companies like Noria and places that uh, was able to come in and help us in, in that realm. And uh, we had a lot of great results uh, just uh, through that process. I think in a three, three year span, uh, we had made some pretty big financial impacts. And uh, from that, it kind of changed the whole direction that I was going with my career and, and thrust me into the corporate realm where we started going with uh, global, our other refineries globally. And so trying to standardize on that. And then all these, uh, the certifications you mentioned that, you know, from that, you know, we, after we got a good handle on the basics, the, the foundation uh, being the lubrication and the, uh, the seal management, uh, we really started focusing on, okay, how do we make sure we have good maintenance practices consistently across the board? Uh, our inspection technologies, the vibration analysis, oil analysis, uh, motor current testing and thermography, we got all into that. And so I spent uh, after that probably 10, 15 years in that industry Uh got to meet a lot of really cool people along the way that were pioneers in those industries that that technology is just uh just grown at an incredible rate um and well, isn't, then, it cool, isn't it cool though just reliability in itself is about the people the people you know you've got to train them up you've got to you know have the right people on the team and the right culture to even care about these things uh i think you talked yeah. a little bit to that just of all of the different um pathways it really is educating people on that on those products understanding them right and so yeah. uh, i think that's, that's definitely what i've seen as part of reliability so it, it we we had a lot of fun we were just at a reliable plant not not long mm-hmm. this summer and um so when you're bringing up noria that's what i was thinking about but oh, yeah. it, it we talked about culture and we talked about leadership and and what's it going to look like in the future uh so it was yeah a lot of that uh, i can definitely see why that brought you into this this industry yeah, it did. It, and it's, I think it was something along the lines uh, through the Noria process. I think the whole uh, chain of reliability kind of stuck with me, you know, and how people uh, are the linchpin. They they basically are the links in that chain. And so uh, you're right. I mean, that is, uh, you can have the the best plan and the best materials design and, and, and really, uh, you know, one broken link in the chain can can disrupt the reliability of of our equipment. So, um, yeah, I, I love that. It's uh, spent uh, spent a lot of time in that, and and it was uh, really uh, back in 2016. Just kind of stumbled back into an opportunity to uh, to come to work for Sepco because they they recognized that and they were focusing on how do we take our products. And, and get that to uh, the consumers, the end users, and, and, and make sure that the people had the right training and, and could apply the, the products in the right way. And so um, they developed a process they call SAMS, which is a ceiling application management. And, and that just, that really resonated with me. So I liked, you know, that idea of, of taking those products out and, and, and just helping, you know, customers and distributors uh you know we we provide these products through a network of of authorized distributors and then you know also to oems but but those distributors helping coach the distributors and and get to the customers and see all these different industries and how to connect 
some of the best practices that are happening. I think that's been another thing that's kind of uh, impact, you know, that opened my eyes to, to just how you may have something that is a problem that's already been solved, maybe in food and pharmaceutical, or, you know, it could be in the uh, chemical plants, the paper mills, you know, just great things that are happening that aren't connected back to other industries. And so being able to share that and go along and say, guys, this, this problem's been solved. Here's, here's a solution. Here's how you do it. And so, uh, because it does it, you know, those basics that, you know, fluid sealing is everywhere. It's, it's in our houses, it's at our gas pumps, it's, you know, in all of, you know, all of our daily lives. So it's, we touch these products hundreds of times a day without even realizing it. So, yeah, uh, just reminded me of the Fluid Sealing Association and, and kind of growing up there as part of my professional development within the the industry. It's because it, it is and it's the comforts of our daily lives that we take for granted. And we we have to be able to talk with industry. We have to be able to use the products the way that they're supposed to be used so that we can you know maximize that sustainability both for the products and ourselves. Uh, so there's, there's a lot there. And I just yeah. love, I love the fluid sealing industry. And I actually met Stepco through that. Yeah. Uh, so wonderful. Well, um, super cool kind of getting you to, the, you know, into our industry. Um, yeah. But what are you working on now? Well, there's, uh, I think the main vehicle, uh, some, something that's uh, I'm really excited about is uh, a project that we started uh at the beginning of this year with uh, alumina refinery in Jamaica. And so uh, those guys have, you know, there's, there's a lot of different industries that will take bits and pieces, you know, you'll have, uh, and, and that's, you see that everywhere. I mean, with every program, people kind of take the parts they like, or, you know, it's, you know, it's hard to really uh, get alignment where it's a, you know, you're rolling out step one, two, three, people just kind of jump around and they grab pieces of it. Um, I see that across the industry and, you know, how, how Sam's is applied and such. Cause, uh, but this, this facility down in Jamaica, uh, it started from the top down, uh, their, their managers came together and said, we really want to do these fundamentals. Right. And, uh, it, they came along and, and partnered with us and said, guys, uh, we want you to come in and, and we're going to give you everybody. We got to, to meet with every maintenance, uh, uh, Millwright and and everybody in production, all the supervisors, engineers, uh, they all we we made custom uh, classes for them. So we came in and we surveyed their their site and uh, made recommendations for uh, you know fluid sealing products, mechanical seals, packing, uh, uh, bearing isolators, just hel- helping them because without good lubrication, you're going to you know mechanical seals are going to fail. And so uh, that was one of the reasons Sepco developed a, a bearing isolator is is more of a how do I protect uh, the system so that we get the the best performance out of out of mechanical seals and packing and such but uh, that's been really unique because it's uh, uh, they're walking through the process they're really taking step one step two getting that foundation built so I'm excited I mean we we're already seeing results from that uh, they're serializing everything I mean you can uh, Sam's is really focused on a, a software approach to uh, serializing even the most common 
product, stuff that's consumable items like packing uh, or even mechanical seals. I mean, it's surprising how many people don't track the life cycle cost of a mechanical seal. They just treat it as a disposable item. So they they buy a seal and uh, and they'll use it and they'll even a lot of times rebuild that seal but they're not tracking that that cycle from you know manufacturing to application to rebuild and and so it ends up uh, being cycled through the facility a number of times and uh, there's a lot of times where you start seeing a loss in uh, reliability it's it's impacted and so being able to measure whether it's the actual uh, sealing device, or you may have a bad actor that's uh, a particular pump. That, that's been really cool. So we've seen uh, places where they thought they had bad actors, but when we started measuring, you know, say six pumps in a, in a system, um, it felt like they were all bad, but they may have had, you know, there's cases where we found one or two that were reliability exceptions. They were running great. And so instead of trying to figure out what are we doing wrong on these other, you know, five, what are we doing right on this one? And, and that's, that's been really, really cool to see. So, yeah, um, well, I was thinking um, it has to be cool to see like a whole facility kind of transformed all the people yeah. involved talking to each other, you know, in the common, the, you know, we're going to solve this problem. We're going to make our yeah. plant run more efficiently and we're going to know what's going on here for one. Um, I just think that that's great. And, and to have given them a tool to be able to do that. Um, so I see that with you. I see kind of your history there of kind of going through these uh, certifications and, and kind of understanding where we are in the, I guess, the history of industry right here. Um, yeah. You know, you see um, kind of the certification with SMRP, but that was another one that we used to always kind of cling to with maintenance and reliability, but there's so many, so many um, ways to get involved and get to know what you can do. Right. And I think that that's a testament to your background is that you have plugged in on both sides and, and really just developed this, this awareness for people and kind of this uh, ability to train them on how to, how to have, first of all, really great fluid sealing systems helping them. Uh, but then it goes further than that. That's what I'm seeing is it's kind of um, helping them through the entire process versus that only specific your products and how they're working. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, good. I know. I was, I was just a lot of fluff there um, building you <laughs> out there. Um, that's all, it's always kind of uh, crazy, yeah, um, yeah. but there's, but I mean it, I, I do agree that um, that's helpful for everyone. And, and yeah. I guess my other question for you is just like, is there anything else that you want our industry to know? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the main thing is uh, the impact they can have if, if they just take the time to, to measure the performance of some of these products. Cause it's, uh, you know, some of the stuff that the foundational stuff, the lubricants, the, uh, the packing and mechanical seals, they're just, uh, they're considered basic foundational elements. And so they, they just kind of fall through the cracks. You know, we may track uh, the motor or the pump or, you know, as far as the, uh, the life cycle and cost, it's kind of rolled up in there, but, but getting down to that more granular level, there's so much to learn there. There's just uh uh, I mean, going back to the lubricants, I think that was another thing that hit me when I got into this uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, 
making that connection to the the life of a mechanical seal because um the mechanical seal is almost like a fuse in the system it's it's one of these things that i was accustomed to seeing mechanical seal failures but in, in having a vibration background we would go around and we'd measure the increase in vibration levels in a, on a piece of equipment and you would see small incremental changes but not something that hit maybe a threshold of you know an alarm it would just be an alert or something uh, but really how much that impacts the mechanical steel, it, it adds stress to the fluid sealing devices. And it all goes back to maybe uh, a failed lip seal, you know, that's caused the, uh, the lubricant to degrade. And so these are all measurable. That's the really cool thing is you can pull an oil sample and you can say, am I clean and dry? And if I'm not, that can have, you know, it might not result in a bearing failure because bearings are pretty robust and, and they can, you'll see a, an increase in, in maybe the vibration because of the breakdown in the lubricant, but the part that shows up as the failure is the mechanical seal. That was something I think, you know, surprised me the most is, is being able to connect that and, and having that background. Uh, I think we miss that a lot of times. We miss that how important uh, just a, a good seal on a, uh, you know, your transmission device, you know, whatever it is, your pump barrel, your gearbox, those kind of things uh, have a downstream effect. And, and the most fragile part of the system is that mechanical seal. So I yes. think that's uh, that's more important than people realize. Yeah, and being able to measure it, like you said, and be able to know, you know, how it's affecting your system, what needs to be done, uh, because that's what we're trying to do is extend the life of our equipment. Um, so how best to do that? Well, first, we got to know what's going on with our equipment. So I love that. I love that you all have tools to help people. Um, and, you know, we're about encouraging and promoting people. And I'm, I'm really uh, curious. At what, um, and, and this I normally do a little rapid fire at the end of these, uh, yes. but I'll just start with this question with you. What is advice that you would give to somebody coming into our industry? I think uh, really focus on uh, using, you know, something I've learned along the way is just the relationships. Using those relationships, uh, understanding those that have come before you, they, there's so much uh, wisdom and knowledge that they have. And and so I've seen, uh, I've benefited for, you know, years uh, just in more relationships, uh, learning from people, take those opportunities, you know, get out. Uh, I like things like this because it, you know, connects us. It gets, you know, people talking, these reliability events uh, really go a long way, you know, get out. There's more to go into these reliability shows, uh, you know, the, the relationships and meeting people you'll have those contacts and, and inevitably you're going to come across a problem and you're going to remember, I'm going to call so-and-so that I met at whatever reliability pump symposium. And, and, and if they don't know, they know somebody else. And so uh, that's huge. That just that the, the networking, you know, in, in that area is, is big. There's, there's people I call, you know, daily. I run into things Absolutely. and it's like, what do I do here? And, and you just continue to learn something new every day. Learn something absolutely, new day. absolutely. Okay, so shifting your just a tiny bit, what yeah. is the best advice that you have ever received? 
I think learn something new every day that exactly. uh, there was an old millwright that uh, when I got into vibration, he, he really gave me a hard time uh, and it was good. It was, it was one of those things he would call me and, you know, he was just, uh, what do you think about this junior? You know, and he just, he, a lot of times he'd set me up, you know, and say, you know, he knew the answer. He would just see how far I would dig before I put the shovel down. And he's like, okay, you don't know what you don't know. When you run into a problem, uh, there's going to be an opportunity for you to learn something new every day. That's something that stuck with me. He's like, uh, you can either choose to accept that, or you can think that you already have the answer, but always remember that, you know, there's, there's more going on. And I, I think, uh, he, he used to use example about like, uh, asking questions, uh, all the way down to, uh, what seemed like ridiculous levels. I mean, it's just, if we were trying to solve a failure, uh, he would ask questions like, why does this have to exist? Why did the person have to be there? What is the, and, and it's, there's sometimes when you ask enough questions, you get to that basic, simple, uh, lowest cost, you know, answer solution to yeah. the problem. So, um, that kind of stuck with me. So. I love that so much. Uh, okay. On that same realm, uh, I'm just thinking of, of people now. Uh, yeah. What is your favorite book? Favorite book, man. Oh, there's, uh, there's a lot of, I don't know. I had, I had a lot of, uh, a lot of early Heinz block stuff that, that I would use still reference a lot of that information. Just, uh, he sent me his the last one on um, lubrication and he signed it and told me I could use it. Um, he's, he was such a gift to us. And then, okay, just on the, the fun notes, um, what kind of music? You got a favorite band or music that you that you like? I, my son's really got me pulled into Morgan Wallen. Yeah, so it's like, uh, that's that's pretty. That's your pretty jam. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Wild. Well, well, Chris, I just I enjoy uh, getting to know you a little bit better yeah. and sharing you with our audience. And I really do think that you're a testament to that training and understanding the industry on both sides. So, so thank you for sharing that knowledge with us today. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? I have uh, email address is uh, Chris T at sepco.com. So S E P C O and, uh, yeah, uh, LinkedIn, definitely reach out, uh, on, on those types of platforms. Yeah. Always, always eager to help out wherever I can. And awesome. Awesome. We can definitely tell that. And Chris, thanks again for being here and everybody else share this episode. Uh, you never know who is going to help and what connection needs to be made with Chris uh, or the empowering team. Of course, like, subscribe, share the podcast, all that good stuff. Um, and send me what you want to hear about, um, you know, or a cool person that you want me to interview. I love those. So until next time, be empowering. <laughs>